Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Oh, yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It's actually a Tuckheads Tuesday. We are recording a day early. You know why? Because I wanted to talk to J.C. Treader about what's going on with the running backs. And today was the day to do it. So why not post it early for you guys? We are presented by DraftKings. If you're not familiar, J.C. Treader is the president of the NFLPA. A lot going on right now with all the running back talk. Let's just get right to it. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. Well, I've been looking forward to this one for a long time. Probably actually... Since I think I spoke to him, I don't know if it was his junior year or senior year at Cornell, he was playing at Dartmouth, and I talked to him on the field before the game. I don't know if I knew he was a prospect at that point or not. And then here he is, has an unbelievable NFL career, and he's the NFL PA president. I mean, I got to be honest with you, JC, I don't know that when I was on that field before the Dartmouth game, that I thought one day uh, you'd be the NFLPA president. Yeah, you're probably not having many follow-up conversations with uh, with guys that you meet on the, the Cornell-Dartmouth field 15 years later. So It's unbelievable, man. I mean, so let's let's start with that, though. How did you end up at Cornell? Because, you know, I think as a fellow Ivy League guy, you're always kind of curious, and I'm guessing your story is probably somewhat similar to mine, but how did you end up at Cornell, even though you obviously – were the type of prospect that you are. Yeah, I was a high school quarterback. So, uh, you know, I I knew I wasn't going to be a college quarterback. It was kind of small town, best athlete, so play quarterback. Uh, Actually, at at one point, Cornell actually said they weren't interested. And Cornell was a school I wanted to go to. I really wanted to use my high school athletics to get me to the best education I possibly could. Uh, I had a couple uncles that had gone to Cornell. My sister was at Cornell. So Cornell was the best fit for me close to home, but not too close to home. Um, and then, yeah, Cornell kind of called one day and said, hey, just want to give you a heads up. We're not interested. Like we're, we're not interested in you as a, as a football prospect. So I started moving on to basketball um, and started sending out my basketball tapes and was really close to going to Hobart. Uh, where my dad had gone, and I've, I talked to Ali Marpet about it because we would have been teammates, uh, which would have been a, a cool little world. 
Um, but I was really close to committing to Hobart. And then what I later found out was the basketball coaches at Cornell had brought my basketball tapes down to the football offices and said like, Hey, we got this kind of big athletic kid, probably a better fit for football than basketball. Have you heard of them? And that's when they started recruiting me again after seeing my basketball uh, film. So ended up going to Cornell and, and everything worked out. So wow. So you didn't really have any other main, like division one options. No, it was really, I mean, that's where I was down to. I was down to D3 Hobart or Cornell or the two, two options I really had. And D3 Hobart for basketball. It would have been basketball and football. They were going to let me play both. Oh, that would have been cool. That yeah. would have been cool too, but that would have been tough to make the NFL. Although <laughs> Allie did it. So it, it's definitely possible. When did you first JC think about the NFL or when's the first time someone mentioned it to you as an option? I think everybody, even at Cornell, thinks like there's a chance. Like there's a chance I could go pro still. Uh, and I was a tight end for my first two years. And then I switched to offensive line, switched to left tackle. And after my junior year, we had like those junior days where a scout will come out and time you for the 40, take a wonderlick. And that was kind of the first time where it was like, okay, this might actually be an option. And then, you know, I was 276 at the time. So still a very undersized offensive lineman. I came back from my senior year at 305 and then had kind of the every day, a new scout in the facility that that season. I realized like, okay, this I'm going to have a shot, you know, might not be drafted, but I'm I'm probably going to be at a training camp next year. So originally my thought was going to go to law school uh, and then law school kind of went on the back burner once uh, the scouts started showing up and I realized football might be an option for me long term. I uh, I had accepted a job with Lehman Brothers sales and trading until uh, Washington signed me as an undrafted free agent. Thank God, by the way, <laughs> um, because I would have spent seven years, JC, getting all these stock options. Then Lehman Brothers crashed in 2008. <laughs> that would have been terrible. Um, all right, so your NFL career, man, you had an awesome career. You get drafted by Green Bay. You're there for a while. You get a big contract. You go to Cleveland. Um I guess when you look back on your NFL career, um, what would be your what would be your reflection on it? Uh, really, uh, really proud of what I accomplished. I think when you when you finally are done and walk away, I think it's really a time for self reflection. And I kind of sat there as I got cut by the Browns and was thinking about what to do next. And you know, I think you have to come to grips with what you um, feel about your career, and that was kind of a a process I went through where you always think about what other people are going to say about your career. Like I would have loved to get to 10 years instead of nine, but like, why does it matter? Like, did I, did I, did I accomplish what I wanted to accomplish? I obviously was, was lucky enough to, to make a ton of money that my family and my kids are set up for the rest of their lives. Um, and you start kind of going through all these things that you thought were important throughout your career. Uh, and then once you get to the end of it, you realize like, not really that important in the grand scheme of things. Like my health is still there. My family set up for the future. I'm really proud of everything I did. And now I'm ready for the next chapter. And, um, you know, I, n- I never really looked back uh, on the career. Once I was done, it was never like, man, I wish I was still out there playing. Like I really felt like the door was closed and the chapter was done. And now I was moving on to the next chapter. It's funny you say that. Cause I think, was this just last year that Cleveland cut you? Yeah. Because yeah. I think when Jensen went down in Tampa, I just assumed you'd be on the next plane down there and that you'd be the, the center for the Bucks down there. Um, it just felt like you started, I guess that would have been the whole 21 season, or at least most of it, and then all of a sudden it was just like, 
over? I mean, did you have other options or what happened? No, it was, uh, I got cut by Cleveland and really never, never received any phone calls. Um, so, you know, I kind of sat back and I would say the decision-making was happening parallel to each other. Obviously the teams were making their decisions about me, but I had to make my decisions about what I want to do with my career. Um, and, you know, spoke with my family and realized, you know, I was, I was pretty banged up for the last couple of years of my career. Knees were, were hurting. Um, and that just becomes a decision of like, what's, what's worth it. What's, what's when you put everything in a formula, the, how much you can get paid, where you're going to live. Am I going to, am I going to uproot my family and, or live away from my family? Like what, what is this worth? Um, in the end, I, there wasn't really an option that was going to be worth me playing again. Like it wasn't worth the discomfort or the pain. Um, the, you know, the extra money wasn't going to be worth me being away from my kids. My wife was nine months pregnant at the time. Uh, it just didn't make sense for me. So, you know, we, we kind of made that decision of I'm, I'm done and I'm happy being done. And it was, you know, when, when Jensen went down, obviously kind of my wife looked at me like, are you still like, you still done? Like it's a, it's a, a unique opportunity to go play with Tom. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. Like I, I, that doesn't kind of give me the itch to go back. I still feel good about the decision we've made. So um, what's next for you, JC? It's a good question. I've got seven months left on my NFL PA term. So that job keeps me, keeps me busy, uh, keeps me going. And I love it. Uh, it's been I'll probably when you ask what I look back on my career, I'll probably look back and say the best thing I've done as a professional football player was become president of the union. Um, I just absolutely love the work and what it stands for. Um, and I've loved fighting for the guys. So that will be kind of the thing I look back most proud of. Uh, and I've always said, like, I'm, I don't really look at it. I know this is my final seven months, but I don't look at it as like a lame duck term of like, let's just ride it out. Like there's a ton of things I want to get accomplished and set up for the next group. And I've always kind of framed it as each president's job is to push the ball down the field as far as they can. That way it's a little less field to cover for the next person. Uh, so for the next seven months, I think I'm just really focused on pushing the union as far down the field as I possibly can, and then hand the reins over to, to the next person. It's interesting. Cause you said, you know, fighting for the guys is the thing you're most proud of. Interesting timing, obviously having you on the show because last 24 hours, all anybody's talking about is running backs fighting for running backs. I like in situations like this, just to kind of give you a blank canvas. I know you're aware of, of what happened yesterday with none of the three running backs getting long-term deals, just kind of your, your, your thoughts and perspective on that, JC. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we start, I've, I've talked to a, a couple of them and it's frustrating. It's frustrating for them. It's frustrating for us. Uh, I, and I've also read the, the back and forth on Twitter of fans and media people giving their perspectives. I think one thing I like to try to do is put things in somewhat perspective to give people a peek behind the curtain of how things work. Um, like collective bargaining. Like how did, how does it actually work? And I think sometimes people think that having a, a great argument or great data or even a, a fight for fairness, um, it's then easy to translate that to get what you want. Uh, and it's not. If that was the case, we'd have all grass fields and 50% of the revenue and three-year rookie contracts and no franchise tag. If it was that simple, like we have all those things. We know what the issues are. We have great arguments for it. Um, but there's only one organization that can make structural changes to better the lives of players, and that's the NFLPA. Um, 
And the power of the NFLPA is the willingness for players to get involved and fight for their rights and for the changes they want to see. Um, so I think all these issues, when a player comes out and says, this isn't fair or not tre- being treated fairly, um, or this isn't right, usually they're 100% right. It's not fair. But the next question that needs to be asked is, what are we uh, as a group and you as an individual willing to do to fight for that fairness? Because it's not just going and asking. You know, us going to the league and saying, hey, this doesn't seem fair. Could you do the, the running backs a solid? Um, not going not gonna to move the needle. It comes with leverage and solidarity. And that's what every union is pushing for. And it's an interesting time, as you mentioned, because you see what you know, the, the writers and now SAG after are going, going uh, in their strike for. Um, and, and that's what a union is. So it's not just come up with a creative idea. Then how do you get that into a collective bargaining agreement? How do you create that change? How do you create that leverage to make that change? Got several more questions for you on that. But first, let's drink some Labatt Blue Lights. They're absolutely delicious. It's what I will be drinking all week. Love it. Always enjoy responsibly, of course. Beer, Labatt USA. Made in Buffalo, New York. J.C. Treader's hometown. All right, so J.C., sticking with the running backs. um, You made some interesting points, for sure. and, And you're right about that. Is... Like, what's the first thing that you with the union or running backs could do or would try to do to try to improve what's going on for them? I mean, I think you start one. This is popping up as a running back issue, but I think some of these issues are the same across all players. So the franchise tag, you know, restricting player movement damages the ability for players to make what they deserve. Um, it one puts a cap on their leverage, you know, Saquon and Tony and um, the, the players that have been franchise tagged, they can't go out and get other offers. They are locked in and the teams know we have a set cost. They don't really need to bargain that much. They have them on a one year deal and they have no movement. So the franchise tag restricts the ability for the players, all players, not just running backs, but all players to get what they deserve on on an open market. Um, I think the length of contracts uh, is an issue for running backs, but also for all players. And that was something we uh, wanted in the last CBA, obviously didn't get it, uh, was shorter rookie contracts for everybody, getting everybody to the open market sooner than later. you know, players prove themselves in three years, getting them there in three years and allowing them to go test the market and get paid uh, would be better for everybody, including running backs who um, it seems I haven't, I'd like to kind of pull all the data on it, but it seems like their careers are, are now trending much shorter um, than even other players. So I think those are two things, putting down these barriers that block players from getting to the open market is a big thing, but those are, those are not simple asks. Um, and those are issues that either you need to build up a ton of leverage um, and have players united on to push back on, uh, or you need to be willing to trade something substantial to equal out that to ownership. Um, and, and those are the things when I say like the, the players need to look in the mirror and, and think about what are we as a group willing to do? Uh, are we willing to push back? Are we willing to fight? Um, these are the things that you talk about as being you know, potentially able to get. But if 
the only thing we're willing to do is ask for it, uh, the answer is going to be no most, most of the time. They're not just going to give it to us. So we have to do something to get it. It's a really good point, JC, because um, both of those are absolutely admirable goals. But for me, when I was a player, I had been like, yeah, I'm not worried about the franchise tag, guys. Can we just increase the minimum? Can we just do something for the benefits? Like, I, I don't care about those guys. They're rich. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I think people lose sight of that, um, that you represent the entire union, all 2,000-some players, not just, you know, the, the high-paid, big-name star players that people know their name about. Because um, I looked it up. Saquon's already made a lot of money. You know, I'm, I'm more worried about how can we increase the 401K or the severance or whatever the, the case might be. So I think you make a really good point there. I guess my last question on this topic would be, um, you said a couple of the guys called you. Did you have a recommendation for them in terms of when to report? Um, because I think, you know, people lose sight of the fact that they can still get more money on a one-year deal. They could negotiate that theoretically. They could negotiate that they don't get tagged again. Um, so I'm just curious as to what you think some of the options are that these guys, uh, should consider and, and what, if any advice do you guys give in terms of when they can and should report? Yeah, I think each person's, uh, options are unique, uh, what's best for them. And, it's really a decision and a conversation for them and their agent and their family. And what we want to make sure they know is we're hundred percent standing by to support them, giving them whatever support they need. Um, so it, it varies from person to person. I think I, one thing I want to kind of circle back on, um, on what you just brought up. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because one of the first things people probably think of when we talk about negotiating is let's, you know, well, if you are, you're playing 17 games, like give up an 18th game for those things. Um, and that sounds great. But as you point out, we have a very diverse player body that has different priorities. So we just went from 16 to 17 games. And for that game, the things we got was a 20% raise for 65% of our members uh, we got better benefits. We also uh, provided better benefits to thousands of former players as well and a bunch of other increases. So, you know, that's benefiting the vast majority of our membership. As you point out, if we go and take a narrow focus of, you know, we're going to give up an extra game played and in return, the running backs get, you know, to free agency quicker. Now, I'm not sure that's the rallying cry that gets 2,000 players to stand united um, on an issue. You got to you got to build the issue to a bigger coalition to get support for it, because if they're sacrificing something, they need to see you know skin in the game and see a, an end result that benefits them, too. I just always want to point that out, because I think sometimes it gets lost in translation of what representing 2000 people means. Um, and you really have to look for what's be better for all of them and find issues that benefit everybody, not just 200 players here, 200 players there, because they, the other people have to take sacrifices for those 200 people. Thousand percent. And by the way, in all sincerity, thank you for what you guys did in the last CBA. I mean, you increased my pension, which is awesome. Something you guys didn't have to do, to be honest with you. And I know you didn't have to do it. I see what bothers me is when the former players complain. I, I'm not complaining. I, I I rose my hand. I played seven years. I knew what the salary was. I knew what the benefits were. 
I knew exactly what I was getting and I chose to do it. I'm not going to, you know, now that I'm retired for 15 years, I'm not going to now say I want this and this, or I deserve this and that. Like, no, I, I, it was a trade that I accepted and, and, and fared well from it, quite frankly. So for you guys to give me a pretty good bump in the last CBI, I was pretty excited about that, to be honest with you. Cause that was like, that was like in high school when you find money and enough money in your couch cushions to go to Taco Bell was like, sweet. I got some, uh, I got some extra money here. All right. Last thing, JC. Um, I guess the idea of a hold in or the idea of a player reporting and then um, potentially, um, you know, not feeling that they're hundred percent, not feeling they can play in the games because you and I both know, and I can give a bunch of examples of teams doing things that are pretty rough to players. And I don't think fans ever hear that part of it. I don't think fans know that a team will tell a guy he's going to start so that he practices for three days, even though he's injured, so they can cut him. He thought he was going to start, and then they just they just sit on that so, he could, so, they could, so they could cut him. Yeah, and, and there are – and that's when you talk about what conversations do you have. Um, you need to try to create as much leverage as you possibly can in, in any situation. And that's the tough thing with the franchise tag or being restricted in movement as it decreases your leverage, but then you have to find creative ways – to build leverage elsewhere. Um, and I think we've seen issues now. I don't think anybody would ever say they were fake injuries, but we've seen players who um, didn't want to be where they currently are, um, have injuries that made them in, uh, unable to practice and play, um, but you're not able to get fined and you're not able to be punished for not reporting. Um, so there are issues like that. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm allowed to ever recommend that, um, but at least publicly. But I, I think each player needs to find a way to build up leverage to try to get a fair deal. And that's really what all these guys are looking for is to be compensated fairly. And I understand the analytics um, pointing out the value of running backs. I, you know, I, I played with Nick Chubb, you know, the last handful of years of my career. I know how valuable a good running back is, you know, there, there were plays that we completely missed blocked and may not have touched a soul that Nick scored on, you know, Nick busted a 65 yard touchdown and nobody blocked a soul. So I, I know how valuable a good running back is to a team. Um, so I think it's somewhat um, being taken to a, to an extreme now where they're being um, treated very you know unfairly or being almost treated as, interchangeable parts and the good ones are not interchangeable. There is a, there's a difference between these uber talented running backs that change the game for the entire offense. Um, And those are the guys we're talking about in these conversations. Those are the Saquons. Those are the Josh Jacobs. Those are the Tony Pollards um, that change the offense and change the, the ability for teams to win games. JC, really appreciate the time. Um, Really proud of you. I don't know. There's like a kinship, I guess, among Ivy League guys, but uh, to see you have the career you had, even after being drafted in the fourth round and battling through in Green Bay and end up where you ended up, it's just awesome, man. Uh, hope you enjoy retirement or at least not playing football anymore. I'm excited to see what you do after the NFLPA stuff. Thank you so much, man. Oh, thanks for having me on. Great talking to you. Man, he was the perfect guy to have on today, just like West Shore Home is the perfect place 
to get your showers or bathtubs redone. If you've ever thought about it, ah, I kind of want to get a new bathroom. We need a new, better bathtub. Our shower is garbage. You need to make sure you at least at first consider West Shore Home. If you're not sure, I'm telling you my personal highest recommendation. I can't believe they came into my house, tore out the two fiberglass tub shower on ones, put in beautiful showers. But you honestly, here's what I love about these guys. You don't need to take my word for it. Go to westshorehome.com slash Ross. See the videos. See the pictures. Get a free estimate. Get free installation. westshorehome.com slash Ross. Tuck Stakes. All right, Ross, we'll start with none of the three running backs that you guys mentioned got franchise or whoa, none of the three franchise tag running backs got a long-term deal yesterday as you and JC discussed. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit surprised about the Giants. I kind of thought they would get it done. Um, I am. Uh, I think they made a mistake. And I, and I get the 10 million, 12 million franchise tag, but I think for another million or two a year, it would have been worth it to the Giants to bridge that gap and to get Saquon on a long-term deal just for harmony's sake. According to the Washington Post, Daniel Snyder agrees to terms with the NFL on all remaining legal issues, and the NFL Finance Committee has voted to recommend approval of the Josh Harris bid. Well, that's huge. It sounds like it's finally, officially going to be a done deal. I think they'll vote on Thursday, which is gigantic, just like it's gigantic that you can win $10 million in guaranteed cash prize up for grabs if you play best ball at DraftKings. All you have to do is get on the DraftKings app. It's awesome. Sign up with code Ross. Start playing best ball today. Join the DraftKings $10 million best ball tournament. You'll get your first entry back in DraftKings dollars only on DraftKings with code Ross. Best ball is the best way to play fantasy football. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. I love Pizza Boy Brewing. Either the pizza, or I love the Strombolis, or the beer. Sportaculture, very, very cool. If you haven't checked out Sportaculture, you need to do so. HumanHeadNYC.com, the same. SteakhouseSports.com. Go-Bengals.com for those Bengals fans out there. BackOfficeScheduler.com. And how about MyFrontPageStory.com? I know you know somebody that deserves a gift for some reason. Get them one at MyFrontPageStory.com.